Thanks for listening to this episode of Oppenheimer's Let's Talk Future podcast series. In this episode, our guest is Robin Graham, the managing director and head of Oppenheimer's technology investment banking practice. And our host is Jane Ross, also a managing director of investment banking. This episode was recorded on January 25th, 2022. Please subscribe to our channel to instantly access previous episodes. Subscribing also means you won't miss out on new episodes with our thought leaders who bring you timely and relevant insights about the markets, investing, business, new technologies, and life in general. Welcome to our episode called Technology Companies and the Outlook for Deal Activity in 2022. I'm your host, Jane Ross, and we're talking to Robin Graham, the Managing Director and Head of Oppenheimer's Technology Investment Banking Practice. Now, 2021 was a big year for technology deals, but we're beginning 2022 with some significant headwinds. Tech stock performance has been tough. The SPAC market is exhibiting signs of a major hangover. Old problems like COVID, supply chain disruptions, political dissension, all are still with us while worries about interest rates and inflation fears have joined the list. All of this is creating a very volatile market for tech stocks. So what better time than to book another episode with Robin Graham? Robin's a frequent guest here. He oversees Oppenheimer's technology investment banking business. As such, he works closely with public and private companies, VCs, and PE firms. So this vantage point is very helpful for this discussion, and his insights are always valuable. On this episode, we're going to take a look at the outlook for technology deals and M&A in 2022. We'll discuss a bunch of verticals like edtech, healthcare, e-commerce, places where we think long-term trends are compelling. So it's a lot to cover, and let's get to it with a warm welcome to Robin. Jane, very happy to be here. Well, it's really great to have you back. Let's start maybe with a quick look in the rearview mirror and talk about what happened in the equity market for tech companies since you and I last spoke in an episode in August of 2021. Absolutely. So the equity capital markets for tech companies can continue to be robust since we last spoke in August up until around November or December, where the specter of inflation started to hang over the market. We had a period of volatility introduced at that point and the market kind of topped out in uh, in December. I would say we continue to find equity capital for clients in both public and private markets right through the end of the calendar year, but coming into the new year, and particularly now that we sit here in the third week of January with the VIX in the mid-30s and a pending Fed decision, we've had a major stock correction across the market, but particularly a pullback in tech stocks. Um, so we expect the market for tech issuance to slow, if not stall near term in response, as issuers find it less and less attractive to sell stock at these prices, not to mention the fact that many of them have actually fully uh, padded their balance sheets at this point with you know, their activity in the capital markets over the last 18 months. So I, I think the issue du jour is uh, is inflation, the expectation of inflationary pressures long term. That's been one of the most impactful variables in the market and the outlook for tech stocks. 
So to rewind a little, as you know, the, the Fed flooded the economy with liquidity in response to the pandemic, um, but the supply shortages and disruptions from the pandemic are still around and lingering. So if you apply basic pricing theory, the inflation that's resulted is, is a combination of strong demand for consumers coupled with a lot of capital and, and supply shortages. Uh, and that's certainly evident in the tech sector where you know the market's also suffering from a shortage of talent and human capital. So we see ongoing inflationary pressure in the tech sector. And the key question is, you know, in our minds, can the U.S. consumer support inflation long term and can household balance sheets, uh, are they strong enough to, to maintain spending in the face of inflation in household goods and services? And then how will the Fed react in the first half of 2022? Yeah. Our seatbelts are securely fastened, you know, and listen, you and I have both been through these kinds of volatile periods before. I mean, last summer when we spoke, a lot of market experts were talking about the demise of SPACs. And you went on the record and you said that this is a viable form to finance technology companies. And lo and behold, we went from a real lull to huge issuance in October and November. So, you know, the market does have the ability to see through these kind of near-term dislocations. But you guys in your business are coming off a pretty powerful few years. I believe that you trebled Oppenheimer's revenues in technology investment banking in the last few years. So maybe bring us up to speed on the recent past and the deal landscape that you've seen. Sure. Well, actually, re reflecting what, what has been incredibly robust capital issuance by tech companies, we we actually tripled revenues year over year this year, which was 3x the year before. So we're up around 9 or 10x in the last two years. An extraordinary run as tech companies have taken advantage of strong valuations to issue equity. Our clients have really taken advantage of those valuations to raise capital opportunistically all the way through into late December of last year. So we had a record number of IPOs in the year. We brought 28 public companies public through uh, IPOs alone in the calendar year 2021, raising a little over 20 billion for them in the process. And that number is even more pronounced by the SPAC boom we experienced last year. In 2021, my team brought uh, a number of those public via SPACs, raising another 21 billion in growth capital in the process. Uh, I think 17 SPACs we were involved with all in all in the calendar year. Coming into 2022, equity issuance is markedly slower and more selective. We expect that to be the case through the course of this year. Uh, but most of our clients are flush with cash. They have both their near-term and medium-term cash needs met and ready to go on their balance sheets. There's there's a massive cohort of companies that have come public that are capitalized for the foreseeable future. Uh, the pullback in tech and valuations that's unfolding right now has slowed that issuance in January, and we expect Q1 to be a very different experience with more hesitant equity capital market financings. Tech stocks, as I've said, are experiencing a pullback as investors unwind the kind of inflated valuations of tech stocks that uh, were pandemic beneficiaries, uh, some of the poster children being companies like Netflix and Peloton and other pandemic-era work-from-home related investment themes. But there's a broader shakeout happening across the stock market today. You see that reflected in the Russell 2000 pullback as valuations react to inflationary pressures and the market, as usual, has overcorrected. So we should see some great buying opportunities in tech stocks this quarter, perhaps in the coming weeks and months, while new issues are going to slow significantly or even stall. It's a great time to buy established public tech companies, those with strong fundamentals and great management teams, and our partners in equity research and the tech research department will lead the way there with uh, their published recommendations on those stocks and which to buy. And we'll watch the upcoming Q4 earnings season closely along with the Fed decisions this week. And you can make your picks 
Yes. Well, you bring up a good point about clients being flush with cash. When I look at the sort of supply demand roster in terms of cash to be deployed versus cash needs, it sure looks like the scale is tipped towards cash to be deployed. So that's going to have an impact in the market, right? Correct. I think the conversation in 2022 that we'll be having with our clients, uh, particularly public clients, will shift to M&A. These are now well-capitalized public companies. They'll be looking to put that capital to work to grow inorganically as well as organically. So they'll be making acquisitions and we'll be ready to advise them on those transactions. The conversation will also shift for private companies that uh, perhaps haven't been fully capitalized or are emerging disruptive players out of the venture world. Uh, They'll increasingly start to talk to larger strategic buyers about ways to partner for strategic synergies in in an M&A exit. Uh, perhaps finding a partner for distribution or a more powerful sales channel or those kinds of strategic synergies through a strategic sale. We also see a lot of activity from the private equity community. Private equity funds have raised huge new funds and have a lot of capital to put to work. And watching valuations fall across the tech landscape, um, I, I expect will encourage them to put that capital to work and take positions that are in line with their investment themes. And they'll be acquiring and investing in companies and businesses that are promising high growth businesses across the tech landscape. So uh, I think that covers most of the major constituents in in our world. Uh, We'll expect to see a different kind of activity, primarily driven by M&A in 2022. I mean, that cash hoard does seem significant. You know, we saw the Activision deal announced recently, and big tech definitely seems to be on, on the move. So Let's take a look at some of your industry verticals. You know, we've seen such an acceleration of trends during COVID. You know, you mentioned you've had a very, very busy few years. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on your, as you look across the industries that you cover, changes that you've seen and where you think some of the long-term opportunities are going to lie. Sure. Well, maybe I'll preface that by saying, as I have on past podcasts with you, that we think of technology not as an industry vertical but more of a horizontal. And and not to be hyperbolic, but basically every company will be a tech company at some point, or at least a tech-enabled business, or they'll end up like Blockbuster. Our business is exceptionally long-term tailwinds, and my team has spent their time increasingly working across industry verticals in partnership with other Oppenheimer bankers who are deeply immersed in their industries to understand the disruption that technology is bringing to those industries and by extension to help our investors and strategic buyers in those verticals make investment or acquisition decisions. So we spend a lot of our time identifying technology differentiators and technology-based competitive moats in our clients' businesses to help our equity investing clients, both retail and institutional. And clients are strategic buyers that are either trying to evolve or transform their businesses by acquiring disruptive young technology companies and those capabilities. As we sit here in Q1 2022 almost, two years since the the start of the pandemic, the core investment themes are really still identifying industry trends where technology adoption or disruption has been accelerated by the pandemic. Those themes existed going into it, and they've been accelerated for the most part uh, by the adoption of technology. And as we discussed in our last podcast, the digital transformation that that's brought on the economy. And you correctly point out online education, as, as one area of acceleration. Transformation that education has taken to online and lifelong learning has accelerated. And there's been a boom in capital flowing to edtech venture funds and the companies that they're funding. But there are other sectors of the economy that have been uh, benefiting tremendously as well. 
from these sorts of accelerations. The obvious ones are the big industry verticals like healthcare and therapy services. Those have been pushed online, moving to telehealth and teletherapy services. There's been an explosion in digital health and wearables to capture consumer and patient data, to run remote diagnostics in the home, to enable remote clinical diagnosis and monitoring, etc. And the same is true in the fitness industry, which has enjoyed a boom as consumers are now more aware than ever of the importance of their health and fitness and increasingly enabling their homes with home gyms and fitness devices. So, so we've seen the same thing happen in the workplace, the adoption of remote work and work from home environments, accelerating the adoption of software platforms that enable remote work, remote collaboration between team members and employees. Um, in fact, fundamentally, we can now recruit on board train employees remotely and virtually. And uh, we're watching that impact on the landscape in the employment area and the workforce. We're watching for this to shift to virtual reality environments next across uh, the whole US consumer base. The entire supply chain for goods and services is moving online and has been reoriented to online purchases. So uh, e-commerce has enjoyed a boom. Um, the home delivery of those purchases is something that logistics and supply chain companies now have to address. Uh, that's benefited everyone from Amazon and Shopify to a myriad of payments companies, fintech companies, uh, online customer service platforms, and then of course the delivery and logistics partners to those e-commerce companies uh, are necessary to, to get goods and services to consumers. Labor has become more expensive and the challenges of managing labor in the context of a workforce that's now vulnerable to pandemic stoppages and slowdowns has also led to a boom in industrial automation, particularly in the manufacturing sector. So we see robotics companies raising capital and infiltrating manufacturing. That's a strong theme. It's really accelerating trends across all industries to adopt technology broadly. And of course, that's hugely beneficial to my team who work across the technology space. Right. I'm going to summarize here because you just gave us a huge amount. And for investors that want to stay smart in technology, you know, these areas are places where attention should continue to be paid. So edtech, healthcare, fitness, e-commerce, robotics, workforce management, VR, you've given us a lot that investors who are listening should make sure to stay up on. Now, here we are in early 2022. And when you look out at the marketplace for deals and the structure of deals, can you contrast what you expect with what you experienced last year? Sure. I think we'll see a slower IPO market. We'll see much more selective IPO market. We'll see fewer SPAC transactions get done. Uh, they're increasingly difficult to do right now. That market is rationalizing after a huge boom. Uh, the strongest SPAC teams, we believe, will continue to get transactions done with high-quality target companies. The investors involved will still identify those assets as high-quality and fund those combinations, but they'll be a lot more selective. In the short term, as we absorb and understand the likely duration and impact of inflation on the economy, I think we're going to have this volatility and slower issuance, and it'll be harder to get transactions done. In the longer term, we focus on aligning ourselves with big fundamental technology-driven investment themes, and those aren't likely to change much. Uh, they've been accelerated by the pandemic, but they're still the same themes we were chasing and following and investing in and raising capital for going into the pandemic. And at Oppenheimer, we're institutionally and individually investing both as limited partners and individuals in a lot of private equity funds and venture funds that are focused between the early stage in the private markets and the growth equity stage in the private markets. So we've got our finger on the pulse of activity 
across the landscape. We also have a number of Oppenheimer-affiliated funds that align with these themes well. So we're, rel we're relatively well-educated on the trends, and we can identify the emerging category killers in the tech sector early and, uh, and identify market leaders. And that positions us to continue to bring equity capital to those emerging market leaders in both the public and private markets and to the $120 billion in client capital that our financial advisors manage for our retail clients. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you said category killers, which made me think of bad things. Are there any sectors that you're particularly concerned about given these changes in, in the market dynamics? Not really. The tech sell-off's been very broad. It's disproportionately hit the companies that ran up on valuation. Companies that were pandemic beneficiaries, work from home, fitness, that kind of thing. Stocks like Netflix and Peloton. Um, I just saw one of our analysts, Jason Helstein, go out with a recommendation on Peloton saying that it was oversold. So that is all going to flush through over the next few weeks. We've got Q4 earnings coming up, so we'll see how these companies have delivered in late 2021 on earnings expectations. And uh, no particular sectors I'm too concerned about. I, I think that the Q4 earnings season is going to be very telling. So to summarize, it sounds like given where you sit, you think that the year ahead is going to be more selective. Due diligence is going to continue to be of primary importance. But it sounds like with the cash on hand, we're going to be looking at a very robust environment for M&A and that good management teams, in your estimation, with good long-term trajectories in technology will continue to be able to access the market. Yes, that's absolutely right, Jane. And we think 2022 is going to be a very exciting year for the business. And uh, we're looking forward to getting back to doing business development with clients and helping them solve their financing. And on we go. Well, once again, thank you so much for your insights. As always, Robin, it's just been a pleasure and we appreciate your time. Pleasure. Thanks, Jane. Don't miss the next episode of Let's Talk Future as we explore a variety of topics important to every kind of investor by bringing our firm's financial thought leaders directly to you. Hit the subscribe button today.